off three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Wins the game at the buzzer! Pass is caught! Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Gives it to Jenkins. for Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU-FM. Welcome to another episode of Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers, Attorneys at Law. I'm your host, Lucas Warren, and I'm joined by Cody Bear. Jordan Luker and Nick Goodman. Guys, how are we doing? Pretty I'm going to be good. honest, Lucas. Kind of terrible. Yeah? Yeah, last night was rough. Last uh, night was not a great night as a Panthers fan. You're going to so. talk about the... You're going to be buying me a nice Outback steak in a couple months. You know what? I might be. <laughs> and the Chicago Bears might have back-to-back picks to start one the draft. One and two. Because yeah. they're terrible, so they'll have the first one, and we'll give them the second one. They'll have Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison. Yeah, Cody had a bit of a, a therapy session before the show. He put, he was playing as the Panthers on Madden, was playing against the Saints as a rookie CPU. What was the final score, Cody? 135-0 to zero after three quarters. Yeah, Sam Darnold had a legendary performance. Yeah, he had nine game. touchdowns. I think maybe ten. Made me yeah. feel better, actually. I'm not going to lie. I think James Winston had seven turnovers, eight turnovers. Yeah, he, he, had, he had seven. Team had eight. We balled, as we yeah. do. I, I even put it on, like, uh, seven fifteen kickoff, so it was night, mm, like the Monday so Night accurate. Football. Yeah. yeah. Got to send that to Frank after, make sure he knows how how the game could have gone. Yeah. But, yeah, Listen Jordan, first time on the show. That's why I kind of stumbled when saying your name in the intro. I'm sorry about that. But, yeah, how, how, happy to be here. Happy to have you with us. Yeah, well, at least you guys still have your quarterback. Um, yeah. Your oh, yeah. draft pick. People can't see, but Jordan has a Colts shirt on. He's a Colts. A tough weekend as a Bama fan. Yeah, and, that uh, too. I didn't. I didn't like that. Barely either. beat All USF. My teams really are yeah, just falling apart. Both teams died this weekend. Yeah, yeah. and IU, like everyone. A lot of bad sports vibes going on in the office today. But how you doing, Nick? I'm doing all right. I mean, again, it sucks to see what happened with the Panthers, but yeah. I, if I'm being honest, I do feel like the Saints are the best team in the so- NFC South. So I kind of saw it coming. It still sucks though. Um, at least you know, rooting for App State. They had a nice win over the weekend. It's and, true. Um, you know, NC State had a cupcake, but they at least didn't yeah. blow it. Um, and then I'm just I've had an interesting Tuesday. I'm looking forward to calling some more volleyball with Jordan this Friday and Saturday. There should be some really good matchups between App State and JMU. So big game. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad Nick ended it on a positive note because it was getting real. Real dark. No, here. no, no. Don't say you're glad. You were enjoying every second of it. I was that. enjoying your pain. I wasn't enjoying <laughs> okay, Jordan's great, pain. I don't, I don't root against the Colts. Last night was your Super Bowl. But the Panthers', the Panthers. pain, of course. I, As I was saying before the show, one of the most heartwarming activities I know is watching Panthers fans in anguish on live TV as the cameraman cuts to them in the stands, sad that their team sucks for another, Man, another If I season. win the fantasy, I don't even know if I want to go to the Panthers game with you. I'm dragging you to the Panthers game. Okay. But, yeah, no, it, it's a rough day for Panthers fans. But, you know, we, we, the show must go on. We'll talk about other teams. It'll be okay. We'll, we'll make sure to... Talk about them a lot in Thursday's episode and pick them. But we've got a great show for you. As always, we'll start by recapping, as Nick mentioned, App State's previous match against the ECU Pirates where they came out on top. Then we'll recap an exciting past week of college football and then close out the show with our rankings of different positions without knowing who comes next in the NFL. All that is next. But first, we'll look at all things App State Athletics in the Mountaineer Minute. Kicking us off, the App State women's golf team will open up its 2023 fall schedule and make its debut under the direction of first-year head coach Brittany DeVoe with the 54-hole Elon Invitational that runs Monday through Tuesday at the Almas Country Club. The App State soccer team secured their first conference win of the season, 
For the fifth time, the App State defense held an opponent scoreless, while Izzy Wood's second-half goal provided all the offense the Mountaineers needed in a 1-0 victory over Troy in their Sunbelt Conference opener. The App State field hockey team played their first conference match of the season. After drawing a penalty corner in the 20th minute of play on Friday, Florian Copeman inserted the ball to Sarah Perkins, who dropped the pass off to Charlotte Bosma, who slapped the ball past the Bellarmine defense to notch her second goal of the day and lead App State to the 4-2 victory over the Bellarmine Knights in the 2023 MAC Open. And the final uh, athletic, the App State volleyball team fell to Wake Forest in hard-fought five-set match 3-2, closing out competition at the David City Tournament on Friday. App State returns to Boone to host James Madison in Sunbelt opener September 22nd and September 23rd. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll recap App State versus ECU. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Rap on 90.5 WASU. The App State Career Development Center is here to support students as you explore career paths, identify, and visit the Career Development Center website at careers.appstate.edu. The Career Development Center is pleased to offer the Internship and Job Fair, the university's largest and most comprehensive recruitment event of the year. Wednesday, September 21st from 12 to 3 p.m. in the Holmes Convocation Center. This event is designed for students of all majors, skill levels, and class levels seeking jobs and internships, opportunities for networking, and exploration in fields that interest you. The Career Development Center Job Fair, Wednesday, September 21st. You can register today in Handshake. What's up, App Nation? This is Brandon Dixon, Morning News Anchor with Family Life Network, and you're listening to Sports Wrap on 90.5 The App, Boone's source for sports. Welcome back to Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers, Attorneys at Law. And we are back with our first segment of the day as the App State Mountaineers defeated the Eastern Carolina Pirates. What was the final score? 43-28. They covered the spread. I, I did... Did have a little bit. Sadly, Tennessee couldn't hold their end of the bargain. Uh, but they did. I think if the final spread was seven and a half. I think that was the closing yeah, spread. Yeah, it went down like it a went lot. Down. It opened 13-ish. And then yeah, people went were down a ton. going for the Pirates. But App State pulled through. But App State got the win and covered. But it wasn't pretty by any means. You know, we saw the two turnovers that caused two touchdowns for the other side. So if you were to give this game a 1 through 10 rating... What would it be, and why would you rate it that score? I'm going to give it a 7.8 out of 10. I like the exact. <laughs> I know. I'm such a jerk coming in with the points yeah. and stuff. But I am gonna, I'm going to give it a 7.8 out of 10. The turnovers obviously isn't something you want to see. I hate that it still feels like we take so long to really step on the gas. That's just a year-after-year year thing, it feels like, with this program. Uh, I don't like being worried about a loss against Garner-Webb or even, like, obviously most recently ECU um, in the second half. Like, that's very uncomfortable. But on the other side, what impressed me, I really liked what I saw from App State's defense. The secondary gave me the most confidence that we can trust them to put seven guys in the box. I thought they had their best game of the season. Two of ECU's touchdowns came from the ECU defense. Uh, So the Mountaineer D held... The Pirates only 14 points if you're counting their offense, which was really, really good for them. But yeah, some of the best tackling and coverage. I really liked what I saw from the defense. And then obviously Nate Noel is freaking fantastic. 145 yards a game, leads the country on the ground. He's fantastic. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with a whole more whole number. I would give it a 7. We did do what we had to do and win, but we were supposed to 
Weren't we supposed to beat them by way more? It wasn't supposed to be that close, especially in the first half. It had yeah. me worried. Down I mean, we were there. losing in we, the first half. Yeah. Right. If you would have bet on us in the first half or first three yeah. quarters, you would have lost. Yeah. Um, in terms of the experience, though, I was on the sideline. Nine out of ten. On yeah. the sideline. Only, yeah. only thing that dampered it was that field. The Gatorade bath. <laughs> yeah, the Gatorade bath. Though we don't, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I would actually rate this performance a six. It was. They did a number of things well in the game. As we mentioned before, Nate Noel was amazing. He had 178 yards. He had a 68-yard touchdown, which happened to be his longest run since 2020, if you can actually believe that with how explosive of a running back that Nate Noel is. And the defense was lights out outside of two drives, one of which was the opening drive that ECU scripted to go against App's defense. They were amazing. They had three interceptions. They shut ECU down. It just isn't higher because the Mountaineers on office, especially earlier in the game, just made some mistakes that made this game closer than it really should have been. Like We have your hand up. Um, yeah, well, one of the turnovers was on, like, the defense, if you remember, turned it over, and then the offense fumbled. Yeah. And then that was such a weird fumble, too, because if you remember, it took, like, five seconds to even them figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually going to get to that right here. Just yeah. I was going to bring out the turnovers for App State. That's a problem. Uh, Joey Aguilar, um, he threw a pit, pick six early in the game on an out route that, if we're being honest, he probably never should have thrown. Yeah. Um, it was a tough situation, though. He was back at his own goal line, and he had to get the ball out. But it's still a read that he would not make nine times out of ten. And he also did respond well after that. He played really well in the second half to get three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. And then, as Jordan talked about, Kanye Roberts, he showed some flashes. He played well throughout the game when he got his chances. He was, you know, had 42 yards on seven yards to carry, a good 18-yard touchdown run. But uh, on the fumble, he's just got to give up on that play. He had his. He was wrapped up on the play, and then put his hands hand down to try to get maybe an extra couple of inches when he was about seven yards short of the first down marker. He's just got to go down the play to not force a fumble. And then App State's offense needs to be aware on that play to see, okay, the ball's out, the whistle hasn't been blown. Let's hustle. Let's finish the play and not let ECU run past them for a touchdown. Um, just a couple of things with that, and then. There was the slow start. There were some questionable decisions. Like, I didn't agree with them going for two at the end of the first half. I thought it was a little Mm -hmm. too early to chase points. But their offense responded really well. Joey Aguilar responded to adversity really well at the beginning of the game, not playing as well, and then playing well later. And the defense was amazing. So it was still a good performance from App State. There's just some things that they need to work on. Yeah. I would. So overall, that'd be like, what, like a 7.2? No. Yours was 7.8. Yeah. Yours was seven. Yours was six. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Math might be a little under seven, average yeah. between you three. I was the kindest judge. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would. I'd lean around to Cody's score. I'd say like seven point three, seven point four, mm-hmm. seven point five. I feel that it was a good game in the sense of like you know you're coming into that game as a favorite. So ECU as a team that's down uh, started the season zero and two, they're going to throw everything at you because they want to get their first win of the year. You were able to handle that. Like you said, Nick, that's uh, an important thing to point out. They scored on their first drive. You see that a lot with teams. Like They'll script out their first 15 plays. It goes really well. How do they play after that? We only gave up one touchdown after those first 15 plays, or after that first drive. Uh, but, yeah, you, you guys touched on most everything I wanted to say here. Nate Noel was amazing. And I'm sure we'll talk about it on Thursday because supposedly I caught a stray on the broadcast <laughs> yeah. about – I don't hate Kanye Roberts. I just said when you have a guy, Nate Noel, who's averaging more than a yard, a yard more than the second string running back and has had two 120-yard games, I'm fine with letting him carry the load. And then you had a 175-yard game. So he only proved my point more. And he scored on, like, the first play of the game, I remember. So, yeah, it was just – it was definitely a a good game at moments. There was points, like, when we went down off that pick six from Joey, which, like you said, just wasn't a good decision – Connie Roberts fumble. Those moments were scary because, you know, you're just going down to a team you really should be beating. But at the end of the day, we were the better team throughout the game. Uh, but now, focusing on that offensive side, Nate Noel, uh, you said first in the country in yards per game. He's second in the country right now in just total rushing yards, which is ridiculous. Just thinking about all the great teams and running backs that we have the second highest rusher in the nation at our school is Something you shouldn't take lightly. But then Aguilar has also been playing well. Joey Aguilar passing touchdowns. He's tied for eighth right now. I will say there's about eight guys tied for eighth, but 
he's like a top 15 quarterback in terms of passing touchdowns right now. So impressive stuff from this offense that kind of looked like a unit that was rebuilding a little bit. So what do you think has worked so well for this App State offense through the first three weeks of the season? Most of it's been Nate Noel. And for the record, I'm 100% on the side of letting Nate Noel be the bell cow back. I mean, of course, we have very talented running backs in our system and in our rotation. And with Kanye Roberts specifically, yeah, he's got potential. He's got talent. I don't have to get into it. Just look at his high school stats, and that'll be enough for you to know the talent not need to hear he has. For a yeah, I'm not bringing him up. But <laughs> if you missed it, go look him up. But my thing is, Nate Noel's just been too good to take away carries from. You gotta, it's kind of like Deion Sanders said about Shador Sanders and a lot of his players. Travis Hunter in particular, he said this about, when you got a guy that good, you got to feed him. Yeah. And if I'm, if I'm right now App State, I'm feeding Nate Noel. He's just too good to take carries from. If it becomes a thing where we're talking about more than 25 carries a game, yeah, maybe you have to start spreading out a little bit. But... I, I wouldn't dig into his carries just to give Kanye Roberts a chance to get used to things for next year. As of right now, and this is just a fan in me, I'm not worried about next year. Yeah. I want to see Nate Noel get the carries to help carry this offense this year. And then Joey Aguilar has some great playmakers to throw the ball to. Caden Robinson, Milan Tucker, Makai Jackson looked really good against ECU. Deshaun Davis we didn't see as much of, but we know he's a great weapon. You saw it in Chapel Hill. And Joey Aguilar, he trusts those weapons, which is what I think is huge. He threw a pick six, and the very next play threw a 15-yard completion on the run to Makai Jackson. I love that confidence. He's got that dog, and he's got some playmakers that he can throw the ball to and trust, and he's doing that. So that's huge for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we should just keep Nate Noel in, especially in an important important, excuse me, statement game like Wyoming. And we have also we're playing ULM next, I think, away, which is also a very important conference game for us. So I think just keeping Noel in. I mean, obviously Kanye Roberts, very good running back. He showed it during the ECU game. But you don't just keep out your star player like that, especially when he has four hundred forty three yards already on the year. <laughs> um and then in, in regards to Aguilar, I think, you know, He's definitely been getting more comfortable, I've noticed. I saw in the UNC game especially, he was very seemed very uncomfortable at times, but in the ECU game, he was able to relax. And besides that one interception, he looked very good. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I agree with you guys that as long as Nate Noel is healthy, he should still be getting the bulk of the carries. He should be getting at least 20 to 25 carries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted to point out just how important having a healthy Nate Noel is for this offense. Um, it's not only that he's second in the nation in rushing, He's also doing it in, a, in efficient ways, averaging 5.5 yards per carry, and he's been an efficient running back ever since he's been at App State. Last year, he played great against UNC Week 1, but he injured his ankle in that game. And then after that, he just never really could be him, really himself the rest of the year, maybe against Georgia Southern at the end of the year. But he only had three more games the rest of the year with more than 10 carries because of that ankle injury. And that, that offense last year missed him. They needed someone that was as explosive as him, that's able to be as freakishly quick as him, that's able to go 0-60 to in no time flat. Nate Noel, you cannot understate how important he is to this offense and how important he is to this team going forward. As for Joey Aguilar, this this has been a big deal that he's been able to play this well so far in the year. We didn't know when Chase Bryce left what the solution would be really until we started playing football games to start this year because you can only tell so much from practice versus seeing them actually play in in game. And he's answered a ton of questions already. He's shown that he can be a spark plug for the offense off the bench if he has to against Gardner-Webb. He showed that he could handle the pressure of playing a ranked opponent on the road against UNC. And he showed that he can respond to a tough start and bounce back against East Carolina. He's also done a great job spreading the ball around to a ton of different playmakers on the offense. And it's been a huge deal seeing both of them play so well early in this year. Yeah, this offense has been the driving force for this team so far this year. Defense has played good at times, but you know we gave up a lot of rushing yards to UNC, uh, even though 28 points, really only 14 given up. But you know we've had to score a lot of points, and this offense has done that so far. And I think that's surprising based on coming into the season that we thought that might be where this team struggled with a bit. We thought maybe this team goes back to a ground-and-pound identity, leaning on that defense and running game. But Aguilar's come in. And he's filled in the shoes nicely uh, for Chase Bryce. Ryan Berger, obviously the injury. Aguilar's come and played well. But you guys touched on it a little bit. But I just really think the experience that they've 
or just the talent that they've just built up in this wide receiver core specifically is just unreal for a power for a group of five school like when you look at a guy like milan tucker who wasn't a wide receiver last year the guy was playing on the defensive side he was a punt returner kick returner and great at it he was an all-american but he wasn't playing this side of the ball and he comes over this side and he instantly looks like one of those perfect third down slot receivers who just finds open space in the defense exactly what a quarterback wants he's just a great addition to this offense and then you have that three-headed monster starting wide receiver core of Deshaun Davis Caden Robinson Christian Horn you have an interesting wide receiver in Dalton Stroman who can come in and win 50-50 balls just a very talented group and if you're Joey Aguilar you really can just play within yourself and just get the ball out to these guys on time, on target, and this offense should hum, and especially when Nate Noel is doing what he's doing. But focusing on that QB battle, uh, or battle per se, we've talked about it every week. I feel like we just have to keep touching on it, even though it might get a little repetitive, but, you know, Ryan Berger, he was given a three- to four-week timetable with his hand injury, and we're now on week three of that timetable. Aguilar's played well, but there's been some mistakes. We had the pick six. He had the interception against UNC. So, And he also threw barely over 50% completion against UNC. So is there any chance you see, or do you think App State should even entertain possibly letting Reinberger return as QB1, or do you think we just pay look away from that question, Reinberger's got the job for the rest of the year? Absolutely not. We should not be entertaining it at all. Yeah. It's, it's Aguilar's job. Uh, there's nothing I hate hate more than a quarterback controversy after week three of the season. I can't stand it. Aguilar will win you, or at least not lose you, Sunbelt games. And he's got confidence and swagger on the field right now. He's made mistakes, but as far as confidence goes, please don't take that away by reopening the conversation of will he go right back to the bench. I understand Ryan Berger was picked for a reason, even though it was super, super close. I get that, but Aguilar's shown enough on the field in games that he's the guy. There's no reason to reopen a quarterback controversy. I don't know. There's no real reference, though. You, you haven't really. He played, what, one almost one quarter against Gardner-Webb? And I, saw enough. <laughs> I saw, saw enough. I saw enough of that okay, half. Well, <laughs> that, the first half that against bad, the second though. half, I saw enough. I'm, I'm just saying he didn't do that bad. I'm not saying bench Aguilar, but... I think you should give him some reps, see what he does. You haven't really seen anything from him. I mean, I just I don't know what... I can't imagine reopening that up right now. We're getting into conference play. It's it's time to win games. It's not time to play around and find out who you want your quarterback to be. It, it's too late. We've already made the decision. It's time to go and win games. What Ryan Berger had on the stat sheet was nice, but the things that he could have had on the stat sheet, and I mean missed opportunities, yeah. is what's more glaring to me. And it's just a matter of, like, yes, Ryan Berger, I believe, is going to be a good quarterback uh, no matter what his future entails. But for this season, you've got to have, have your guy because it's time to win games. Yeah, unless, unless Aguilar plays much worse over the yeah. next couple of weeks that he's played so far, then no, they shouldn't entertain the idea of putting Brian Berger back in. It's not fair to Ryan Berger. As Jordan said, he only got to play uh, less than two quarters, not even a full half of football. But Joey's just played so well over these first three games that he should be the presumed starter moving forward. Berger should stay ready, though. He can o- he's always going to be one play away from being in the game, just mm-hmm. like how Joey Aguilar got his opportunity for Berger, but it just right now Joey's playing too good to entertain putting Berger back in the game. I'm not saying start Berger. I'm saying we should at least. I'm looking towards the future here, where if we have something happen, let's just say either something happens to Aguilar or somehow he transfers or something. What do we have then? Someone who's played a quarter of football, then it's over. Like, yeah, yeah. I I think we could see Berger. To your point, uh, Jordan, maybe get like first team reps in practice. I think that'd be the farthest extent. Cody's doesn't like that either. I, I, I do. If, if we're I up am... by forty at the end of the game against ULM, give them some touches. But it's the same thing with the Nate Noel, Kanye Roberts yeah. thing. I'm not yeah. playing preventative in case something bad happens. You can't play in case something bad happens down the line. You got to play to win games. I think too, it's kind of wishful thinking to believe that Berger would be here after this season. Like Berger's yeah. transferring. Yeah. If he doesn't play, he's <laughs> yeah. transferring. Yeah. But the big thing is, I, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I tend to agree with you guys. I think it will be Aguilar. I 
understand Jordan's point. The thing I would lean towards is you have a guy in Aguilar who right now has about a 3-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio. He's thrown some interceptions, but when you have a gunslinging type quarterback, you can't start making him think about this. Like, you can't mm-hmm. make his confidence falter when he throws an interception. Because he, he doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, you can just tell by the way he plays. He throws a pick and he comes out there and he throws the same ball the next play. He's not really thinking too critically about the interceptions. But that will you, not happen, yeah. But if you start to do that, yeah, if you start to have Berger on his shoulder ready to go every time he throws an interception or everything, like, you just can't make him stress about his job and he's doing a good job right now. Let him throw the one interception if it leads to three to four touchdowns every game. That's I'll trade make that trade off. Uh, but yeah, as of right now, I would like to keep uh, Aguilar as our starting quarterback. But like you said, Nick Berger's got to stay ready. You never know what will happen. But we'll close out this segment. We'll touch on it more on Thursday. But what are your general thoughts going into this week's game in Lanning, Wyoming? Besides the aliens, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course, the aliens. That's something to worry about later on in the season after that yeah. game. Uh, <laughs> but Wyoming, Wyoming's a good team. They beat Texas Tech and took a potential playoff Texas team into the fourth quarter. So they, they have a lot of talent. And it wasn't even like that Texas just looked really, really bad. Wyoming actually looked very solid in that mm-hmm. Texas game. They have a decent rush game that App State's going to have to contain, uh, a lot like App State did against ECU, holding them to 79 rushing yards. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a dogfight. Like, it's going to be a barn burner, I expect, and App State has to come ready for that. Yeah, I mean, I said this during the pregame show against ECU. This is, you know, if when we, we won ECU, we got that over with. That was We were supposed to win that game. This is, I believe... One of besides the UNC game, this is I would believe bigger than the UNC game because this is going into conference play. If we win this game against a very good Wyoming team, mind you, that you know took Texas to about the first half of being tied, we will be very in a very good place playing ULM and some of the and a very good Marshall team too. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys, but I wanted to point out something that people might not be thinking about with this matchup. We know Wyoming's a good team. We know that they beat Texas Tech. They took Texas to the fourth quarter. But not only is this a long flight for App State to go all the way to Wyoming, Wyoming also has the highest elevated stadium in all of FPS at over 7,200 feet. That's higher than Denver's stadium in the NFL, and that's more than twice as high as where we are right now, even though we're playing in elevation at 3,333 feet. So that factor, having to deal with fatigue, having to deal with a team that's used to that elevation when we aren't, that's a big factor, and it's going to play a big factor in this game coming up, and this is going to be a really tough game here for Wyoming. Is there for, stadium, or sorry, is there stadium inside or outside? I forget. It's outside. That would, that would make a difference, definitely. For it's throwing. outside. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's outside. Yeah, the air is thinner up there in Lanning, Wyoming. Uh, I, I think it'll be a good game for sure. I think, Jordan, you kind of had a good point there. It's kind of being glossed over on the schedule just because it's you know non-conference game. You look at... Like if you're a fan, you might just see the Wyoming and you just think like, oh, should be an easy win. But Wyoming's a very good team uh, against Texas. It was tied and Texas just kind of separated themselves in the fourth quarter. They scored 21 unanswered, but it was 10-10 going into the fourth quarter. Like you said, they beat Texas Tech. They're just not going to be an easy out. I think we are good enough, like on a good day to beat this team for sure. But I think it will it will force us to have our best game. We can't come in there with a C. D performance and try to beat Wyoming. We'll have to come in there, play a good game in Lanning. But I think I think we can get it done. It'll be a little t- tough, but we'll have to see this Saturday. We'll talk about it more on Thursday's edition of Sports Wrap. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll zoom out and look at all things college football. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU. The Career Development Center is pleased to offer the Internship and Job Fair, the university's largest and most comprehensive recruitment event of the year. Wednesday, September 21st, from 12 to 3 p.m. in the Holmes Convocation Center. This event is designed for students of all majors, skill levels, and class levels seeking jobs and internships, opportunities for networking, and exploration in fields that interest you. The Career Development Center Job Fair, Wednesday, September 21st. You can register today in Handshake. 
Appalachian State University's The Schaefer Center Presents series welcomes six-time Grammy Award nominee Yola on her Stand For Myself tour. The British singer-songwriter weaves together elements of country, pop, soul, Americana, and gospel. This is a one-night-only event. Yola, Friday, September 16th at 7 p.m. Call 800-841-ARTS or visit theschafercenter.org. The Watauga County Farmer's Market is now open every Saturday morning through November. This year, the Watauga County Farmer's Market has extended its open hours until 1 p.m. Boone's Town Square since 1974, this 100% producer-only market offers local produce, meats, flowers, and crafts, plus live music, food trucks, and cooking demonstrations. Open every Saturday at 8 a.m. and now open until 1 p.m. Located on the Horn in the West Drive in Boone. Hi, I'm Doug Gillen, Athletic Director at Appalachian State, and you're listening to Sports Wrap 90.5 WASU-FM. Go Mountaineers. Welcome back to Sports Wrap on 90.5 WASU, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers, attorneys at law. Week three of college football is in the books. It didn't look like a great slate of games and just beat the schedule, not like next week, because boy, do we have some great games coming up next week. But that this past week, even though the schedule didn't look great, we had some very interesting games, none more interesting than the epicenter of college football this year. That's Boulder, Colorado. The Buffaloes have reached 3-0 after a double overtime thriller this Saturday against in-state rival Colorado State. The schedule gets much harder moving forward, however, as they face Oregon on the road this week, and then they are hosting USC the following week. So will this mark the end of an early run for primetime in Colorado, or do they survive this tough stretch? It's the end of the run as far as being undefeated goes, especially without Travis Hunter, who's your best player on both sides of the ball. He's officially out. He is officially out for the next three weeks. Next few weeks. Uh, What is the injury? You know, I don't know. I don't know what it what it ended up being. Yeah, he was on his like YouTube show. That's why I thought he was. Yeah, (laughs) he he had a uh, he had a giraffe onesie on. Yeah, it was actually fire. The onesie. It was. I'm looking to get one. Um, (laughs) I think he's. The second best player in the country, so not having him is obviously a huge hit. There's talent on the team, of course, outside of him. We got Shador Sanders, among others. But they're not going to win in the trenches against some of these teams. Uh, and they're just, even with the talent, I can't see them beating Oregon and USC. I didn't think they'd beat them with Travis Hunter. Now without him, that's even bigger. I think in three weeks or two weeks, we'll be talking about them being 3-2 and two and getting it back on track. Yeah, I think, well, this the game against Colorado State was so interesting based on the other two opponents they played because they beat TCU at TCU, then beat Nebraska, which, well, it's Nebraska, but still, it's a Big Ten team. Good defense. With football, yeah. But, you know, that game really just showed that maybe it's not as big as you thought, especially going into Oregon, playing Oregon, and, yes, Bo Nix, I guess, but, you know, he's there. Um, but playing Oregon nonetheless, and Oregon's a good team, and I don't... I see them losing to Oregon and USC at that point, because maybe USC is a bit different because it's at home, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree with both Jordan and Cody, and just to kind of pair it off of what Cody was saying, losing Travis Hunter is a huge deal. Having to lose your best wide receiver and your best corner, you can't you can't talk down that. He was a five-star out of out of high school. It's not like, you know, you know he was like a big-time recruit even out of, out of high school. He was great at Jackson State. He was going to be great for Colorado. Um, and he'll be great when he comes back. But not having him for the Oregon and USC games is a big deal. And I do feel like that it's going to be the end of the early run. Just because both Oregon and USC are just oh, two best, the two best teams that Colorado has played so far in this year. So, Yeah, the big thing is the offenses that they're going to face against Oregon and USC. Uh, if you look, obviously, Nebraska, I think they held the 10 points. But Nebraska's offense isn't very good. Uh, but TCU, they allow it's a shootout. They win that game, but they allow 40 plus points. And then against Colorado State, I mean, they were playing around with fire in that game. They probably should have lost that game. Defense didn't do a good job in the first couple quarters. They cleaned it up at the end. Were able to, you know, take back that lead, win it in overtime. But when you're that's against Colorado State, when you're playing a team 
Oregon now on the road. That's going to be tough, tough environment. Bo Nix and that offense, and then you're having the the previous Heisman winner and future number one pick come into town. That's going to be hard to guard. I think I, I agree with you. I do think these games are actually more competitive because of Shador. I mean, I've, I've seen that guy for three games, and I haven't seen him make a real mistake yet, and it's kind of ridiculous. So, I mean, I, I didn't think he was coming in. I didn't expect this from Shador. I didn't think they'd have a top 10 quarterback in college mm-hmm. football, but they do. And it. when you have a guy like that who just you know can play off schedule, improvise, and makes the right decision nine times out of ten, you'll always have a chance, I think. Um, so they'll need to win in similar ways they have been, which is shootouts, but I do think these two tasks are a little too tough with USC and Oregon. Uh, But kind of moving out a little bit and looking at that Pac-12, they have eight ranked teams right now, three of those in the top ten. So with this probably, unfortunately, being the final season, the Pac-12 is a thing. Mm -hmm. Will they go out with a bang this year, finally sending a team into the playoffs since 2017? That was Washington when they did it. Washington, one of those ranked teams. Or do you see them kind of just going and, you know, walking into uh, unexistence? Or do, do you think this conference is for real through three weeks? I think they're for real. I think there's a decent chance. This is going to sound crazy. That the Pac-12 gets a playoff team and the SEC does not. I think USC has a very good chance. Uh, They they still look bad on defense, but a little better than they have in the past. And against other Pac-12 teams, I think Caleb Williams and this offense can keep their heads above water. Washington, of course, looks very good as well. And then looking at the SEC, Georgia Georgia hasn't looked very good. Alabama looks even worse. I think the SEC begins kind of self-cannibalizing like we've already seen them do with Florida beating Tennessee now because Tennessee was one of those, like, what, maybe the third best team in the SEC that could get in. They've lost to Florida now. I think there's a decent chance the SEC doesn't get a team in the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 is more likely to need a team to go undefeated. I think if Georgia or Alabama ends with one loss, they still get in, and USC might not have that privilege. But if they go undefeated, obviously they get in, and I think there's a good chance that that's how it falls. just want to let you know, Cody, I would have played the whoa sound, (laughs) but of course, I don't know. Behind the scenes, behind the curtains, someone yeah. sweeped all our stuff here Uh-oh. at the radio station. Yeah. So no more whoa sound on the wall. Cody. I just need a Lucas whoa. Whoa. There we go. There we wow. go. There you go. It's a journey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It always seems like with the Pac-12, they always, towards the end, we saw this with USC mm-hmm. last year. And I know it's a different team sort of this year, but they fell off again, like, during the, la- during the home stretch, they were like, everyone was like, yeah, USC's going to be in the college playoff, and then they don't make it. It happens Utah, every year. Utah, baby. Yeah, Utah. And it's just, it, ha- it seems to happen every year. Maybe this year will be different, but, and they always cannibalize, too. What was the one year where California was like, had one win and beat the team that was supposed to go into the playoffs? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. There was one year I where mean, they did that. I distinctly remember State one year. Them. I think it was back when Oregon had Justin Herbert. They had one loss. It looked like they were on their way to getting to the playoffs, and they lost to like a mediocre Arizona State team. Yeah. Yeah. It's always Arizona. State. And it was like it was like they were fighting the way they were coming back, and then Brandon Ayuk had like an eighty-yard touchdown. And <laughs> yeah. It just Ayuk. killed it. Can't have it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of being the Pac-12 being for real, I do feel like they are for real. But I think it's a little too early to tell if they're going to have a team in the playoffs right now. Um, I mean, USC and Oregon, the, both of those teams are obviously contenders. They have a bunch of talent on both sides of the football. If Utah can hang on till they get Cameron Rising back, they could get back in that conversation. I mean, their win against Florida actually looks a little bit better now, as we kind of alluded yeah. to earlier, seeing them go in yeah. and beat up on Tennessee. And then, obviously, Utah made them look like they were going to be an awful team this year. Um, even a team like UCLA or Washington, Washington had made the playoffs before. I think they were the last team from the Pac-12 to make the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, they made it last in 2017. Um, like They have a bunch of contenders, but again, this, the Pac-12 tends to beat each other up a little bit too much. And I don't think, again, as Jordan said earlier, yeah. but and I just I need to see more stuff happen to see if that happens again, because I don't know if they have that same sort of wiggle room. You are absolutely right about it being early, and I will... Maybe USC will be legit when they beat... If they beat Notre Dame and Utah. They play those back-to-back. That's going to yeah. be tough for them. Yeah. Coming in. Yeah. No, I mean, that's always been the problem with Pac-12. They have talent, but they end up beating each other. And, I mean, that's kind of the thing in all of college football, but Pac-12 specifically, because like when you look at a team like Georgia, you know, they can really... Or, like, 
in the Big Ten, Ohio State or Michigan. They can really just skate through this regular season, win that one tough game, and then you just got to get ready for the uh, conference championship, and then you got to win a playoff game or two. But in the Pac-12, you're just loaded with teams that can beat you week in, week out. But I, I think if you look at the top, you know, you can't predict now, but if you're just going on potential, they have four potential playoff teams right now with uh, obviously USC, Oregon at the top. I have Washington right in that group. I think Michael Penix is playing the best of any quarterback in the country right now. And then, like you said, Utah, I mean, that Florida win looks more impressive, and they're doing this all with a true freshman, uh, uh, unrecruited or walk-on quarterback, <laughs> and then a backup quarterback. I'm blanking on his name, but he played pretty well in the first game. Hasn't looked good since then. Mm-hmm. So that defense is still legit. They can still run the ball. If Cameron Rising comes back, uh, I think they could be a, another dangerous team. And then there's just a bunch of teams that I think will have some losses, but like you're telling me USC just wants to face Washington State on a regular Saturday. Like, no, no. that's not going to be an easy win. Oregon State's in there, mm-hmm. UCLA. So it's a loaded conference. I think it'll be very competitive. I could see them cannibalizing themselves, but I feel like this is their year. One team's got to make it out. One yeah. team's got to got to make that leap for the playoffs. You think it's going to be Bo Nix in Oregon? I, I, no, no, no. I, I hated no. Bo Nix last year. I, I didn't want to hear it. And then he was pretty good, so... Maybe, but no it factor. Needed, on you just that needed guy. to get out of this. Zero it factor. <laughs> Zero it factor. Zero yeah. No it factor. He's not leading them to the playoffs. Give me a break. <laughs> Look, they got to do it. Like they're dying. They, you got to give them, throw them a bone. They got to make it. Why, they better not make the playoff run to Georgia and then Bo Nix reverts back to every single time he's played Georgia ever. <laughs> That's exactly Imagine what's if a Pac 12 team won the championship. Oh, the script writers. The script writers. Yeah, they know what they're doing. And they just yeah. know it's like, and the team who wins the Pac 12, you, you're Pac 12 champion for, forever. It's on Caleb Williams. The rest of yeah. history. That's what Caleb Williams is going to do. You could just he's put 20 and, and then the Infinity win. logo, mm, yeah, and that would yeah. be 20 Infinity champ, Pac 12 champions. Because <laughs> so you're just forever. Yeah. Really. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> now, zooming out completely uh, to the top 25, seems very solid right now. And we see this at the beginning of the year. A lot of unbeaten teams, but the top 11 teams are unbeaten right now. 21 of the top 25 are unbeaten. So you look at it, and Georgia is still at the top of the rankings. But there's a lot of teams that people feel like could challenge the champs from last year and the year before. So is Georgia still your top dog right now, or are you looking at some other teams as runaway favorites for this year? I'm looking at Texas. They're back. Texas is back. Uh, They've looked consistent. I know they had trouble with Wyoming, but they've looked decently consistent. They've got their big win against Alabama. Georgia hasn't looked great, I don't think. In my opinion, I don't think they've looked very good. Uh, I don't see Ohio State making the playoffs. When I'm looking at teams where I'm like, oh, this is going to come back and, and bite me, I think Texas is the least likely to have that happen. They have one ranked team on the schedule left in Oklahoma to where Georgia's going to have a way tougher path. I don't want to bet on any team in the Big Ten because yeah. you've got, like, Michigan. Ohio State's always up there. Penn State is really, really good this year. But I think Texas has the easiest path to get there. I like Florida State a lot. I was saying they're a playoff team before their first game, but they didn't look very good against Boston College. So the team, if you're going to give me three a three-week sample size, i got to go Texas. I think they've looked the best in those three weeks. Um, I still think Georgia's on top. They're, they've been known for putting teams in their place. If you remember the Missouri game, and then they just demolished every team after, including Tennessee. Remember when everyone thought Tennessee was going to beat them, and then that didn't happen. So um, I'm not a fan of Texas, but I, I am one to admit that they do look good, and they do have a schedule that's easy coming up. So I think Texas is definitely there. I've liked Florida State until the Boston College game. That was an interesting game. Barely so escaped with that. Barely escaped yeah. with that one. That's bad. And That's bad. I here's my hot take. I think no, if Notre Dame beats Ohio State, I think they're in the running for the college football okay. playoffs. All right. Um, I I do feel like Georgia's the favorite, but I don't feel like they're the the runaway favorite right now. Uh, as Jordan mentioned earlier, they did have a struggle win against Missouri last year, and then they were just fine the rest of the season. Even some other games. I mean, Ohio State was obviously a great team last year, but they were lucky to escape that game with a win. Um, they still have a lot of questions, so they, they're going to have a great defense, but they do have a new quarterback, Carson Beck, and they have a bunch of new weapons in the wide receiver room that need to pan out later in the year. I still think they're the favorite, but they are a bunch of contenders that are right behind them. Um, as Cody mentioned so far in these first three weeks, I do feel like you have to put Texas in that discussion. I know a lot of teams, a lot of times you put Texas in that discussion and then they, later in the year it turns out they are not worthy of being 
in the discussion for winning a championship, but the way they played right now, you have to put them in there. Michigan it has to be put in there. I know they haven't played anybody yet, but they've been knocking on the door. They've been in the playoffs the last couple of years. They still have a bunch of talent. I still, I still feel good about Florida State, even though they had that struggle win against Boston College. I just feel like it was the bandana game for Boston College. That's a really sleepy environment to go into, and... There was a bunch of like fluky plays that it, I feel like Florida State won't make later. There was like a really bad fumble they had, just throwing like a little screen pass where the guy barely got touched and he lost the ball. Boston College recovered it for a touchdown, um, and they're, also they're playing Clemson this week, so they could have easily been looking ahead past Boston College to Clemson, Clemson and that could have affected the way they played. Um, obviously, we mentioned a bunch of Pac-12 teams. I feel like they could at this point all still be involved in that discussion. And one team lower in the rankings that I feel like people aren't looking. At because they had a relatively bad year last year. Um, I'm actually looking at Oklahoma. I know they haven't really played anybody yet, but in the three games they play, they have a point differential of a 167 to 28. But so look at the teams. Yeah. I know, albeit that is a good point. Um, uh, they haven't really played anyone great, but they're still played FBS teams. That's true. You know, it's not like they're doing this to just a bunch of FCS schools. They're not. You know, they're not doing it to teams that aren't playing technically at their level, even if it's a group of five. Um, and also Oklahoma has a history of being good in the past. So I just I feel like that's a team, maybe they'll not be any good, but that's a team just based on the way they started that could potentially sneak into that discussion. That's going to be a good Red River rivalry I was game. about to say, yeah, I hope yeah. they can both make it undefeated to that game because that'd be awesome. <laughs> Oklahoma's making coaches cry out here. All right. Yeah. Oh, that respect. was oh, Arkansas that State. Was so, Arkansas yeah, State. Yeah, I shouted yeah. that out. That was fantastic. All right, I'm switching yeah. my pick. I think Oklahoma State. <laughs> Oklahoma's winning yeah. the championship. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm still going Georgia. I'd ra- I, This is just my general thoughts on, like, teams of this. I'd rather be late than early. I just think, you know, new quarterback, I still think that defense is the best in the country. And I still – we've just never seen Texas – like, I understand the schedule is easy, but we just saw it against Florida State. It's college football. Sometimes you just don't – you have weird games where a team that you really shouldn't be challenged against gives you a tough game, and can you survive that game? That's why I almost give Florida State credit when you win a game like that because – you're just going to get those. Like You could be so good, and you still get challenged by random teams. I mean, we talked about it with Georgia and Missouri. It just happens. So can you survive those games? I'm not sure yet. Texas, just a long schedule. I just want to make sure they, they get to week 10 or 11 undefeated. But ending this segment, and then we just got to jump into our last segment. We might be able to get one draft in. Uh, real quick, what's a ranked team? We have a lot of ranked versus ranked matchups. What's a ranked team you think is going to fall this weekend? I think Ohio State's going down. I'm not a huge Ohio State believer this season, and their offense has just looked really flat at times. Notre Dame has looked good on both sides of the ball. Sam Hartman, I think, is fitting in quite nicely. We're about to find, kind of like you mentioned, Jordan, with uh, their schedule coming up and if they can get through some of these wins, we're going to find out a lot about Notre Dame over the next four weeks because they play three ranked teams in those four weeks, and that starts with Ohio State. Uh, so I like them here. I like them here at home. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Notre Dame to beat Ohio State. I think Ohio State's that ranked team that falls. I agree. I think Ohio State also will fall. I mean, I remember I'm, you know, from Indiana, so I got to support my Indiana teams. That IU game was really funny to watch. Even though IU lost, the fact that they held Ohio State to only 30 points that was kind of funny. Um, so, and I hate to say it, but after that South Florida game, you know, I'm a Bama fan, but <laughs> I don't. That old Miss looks good, so... Yeah. yeah. S- sorry, Jordan, but I feel like Alabama's yeah. going to lose to Old Miss this week. Just again, they Alabama, they didn't look good against South Florida, who's projected to be 13th out of yeah. 14 teams in the American Athletic Conference. And they also lost 41-24 to to Western Kentucky already before in yeah, was... the season. And it's just a, kind of an awkward situation where they benched Jalen Milrow before that game. And then the quarterbacks that came in for him, the both quarterbacks Dog played, water. So, <laughs> they, they played, they played yeah. so no. bad that they unbenched Jalen Milrow the coming up. That does not that come off so as funny. a confident oh team heading into that no. matchup with the Rebels. And then Jackson Dark's gotten off to a good start. Andrew and 50 two yards passing, seven touchdowns to only one pick, and I'm just, I'm not confident right now yeah. in, in the Crimson Tide. Ole Miss is one of Alabama's Achilles heels as well. Mm-hmm. They've always been a tough one, yeah. I, 
I find that so funny. Just like, <laughs> actually, Milrow, you're not that bad. Come back. <laughs> you can you can start actually. Imagine but. being him. See, oh, that's oh, that's my. a situation that I don't want to. Yeah, get stuck no. In now he's got that thought like, yeah, back in his right, mind. Yeah. He's like, they, they don't like me here. They, yeah. don't, they don't want me to start. But my friend Kate confidence. likes him. <laughs> 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 okay, Kate. Shout out Kate Munson in Alabama. Yeah. All right, shout out Kate. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't know who my rank. I, I mean, I I can go easy one. Colorado. I think they're probably going to lose. But on the other one, it's kind of against what you just said. But I, I kind of am looking at Oklahoma losing to Cincinnati. Oh, it's unranked okay. Cincinnati. Ooh. But I don't know. A little little post fickle. They want to show yeah. they can compete with the top dogs. I think maybe they surprise Oklahoma. But jumping right in because we have about eight minutes left. Uh, so this segment basically is. NFL position draft, but you don't know who's coming next. So basically, they'll know Cody, Jordan, Nick. They have five guys they have to rank. I'm going to give them a name, and they have to rank that person one through five without knowing who's next. So I have running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks. We can try to go quick. Uh, You don't really have to explain, but I'll just start with quarterbacks because that's the position we all care about most. So ranking quarterbacks, Cody, you'll start us off. We'll do snake draft. Or, oh, no, there's no snake. It's not like draft like that. I'm not thinking. All right. Cody, first quarterback. Or I guess it's all of you. Just write it down. I'm, I need to figure this out. But Brock Purdy. Uh, I'm not a Brock Purdy believer. Oh but and I got to. You can list yeah. it in your head or uh, on the computer. But, yeah. Got to leave some room. So I'm putting them. I think, I think I'm going to put them right in the middle. Three. Three. Uh, three. That's okay. We'll go number two, Sam Howell. No, Upcoming. I want to be Our real Banders. crazy right here. Banders two and zero. I'm putting him four. He he looked pretty yeah. good. All right, <laughs> it's a weird list. Am I supposed to be saying them by the way? Yeah, you can say. Okay. Oh, I mean, just yeah. whatever you feel. I have yeah. pretty fifth. So <laughs> you're pretty oh, fifth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you got Sam Howell. Well, I got Sam Howell third. You might be waiting for oh, someone wow. who's not going to come. <laughs> yeah. Third quarterback Baker Mayfield. Mm. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm cool with what I got. Boy. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. We'll keep it going with the small quarterbacks. Russell Wilson. Fourth quarterback. Oh, man. And no changing. <laughs> no you got to stick the list Dang, you had. That's... And then, yeah, we can get through these quick. This yeah. is good. And then final quarterback on the list, Someone Justin Someone in his feels field. Let's go. Oh, no. Let's go. Oh, no. Well, I guess he's feeling good about the list. Nick and Jordan are not. A, nah. We have some voters. We got a panel of voters here, <laughs> yeah, so we'll oh, be man. able to vote who had the best I list. We'll go in order. So, Cody, name list your, your list. All right. In my battle of the mid, my first quarterback here is Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russ. <laughs> Number two, I got Baker Mayfield. Baker. Look at his stats yes. compared to Tua's. Look at his stats compared to Tua's this year. He's playing lights out. Number three, I got Brock Purdy. Four, Sam Howell. Five, Justin Fields. I wouldn't change it. That's I would not change it. All right. Yeah. Jordan? I have uh, Justin Fields at number one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> preseason voting. Preseason voting. Yeah. Baker, Baker Mayfield at number two. Howell I at like number it. three. Wilson fourth and Purdy fifth. All right. I was not waiting for that Justin Fields draw. I had to put him at one because I didn't have one available. So it's Fields, then, then, uh, <laughs> then w- Russell Wilson, Brock Purdy. Sam Howell, Baker Mayfield. There's a lot I would change about that. <laughs> Alright, panel, do we have a winner? Cody, Cody winner no. in the quarterback yeah. draft. Alright, we still got time, so we'll, we'll run right into running back. So, running back, first court, running back off the board, Kenneth Walker. Is this going to be like the quarterback one? That's Had a good bounce what I want to know. They change, but I will say there's no like... The obvious number one guy isn't on this list. I'll give you that. I have a clear strategy here. Okay. Number two, Miles Sanders. Close to home. I know Hunter did not just throw up a one. (laughs) What a one. (laughs) Ryan, yeah. (laughs) All right. Third running back, Brees Hall. Little, you got to decide. What do you, it's like Brees Hall with four or? carries or Brees Hall when he's actually getting the football. Got to take it all into account. <laughs> got to injuries and all. Fourth running back James Conner. Okay, okay. I like Arizona. him. Okay, yeah, I like him. Really good. And then final running back off the list, Bijan Robinson. Okay, okay. okay. I'm happy with mine again. Happy. I I don't I would change a little bit. Yeah. But I'm happy with mine. My number one was Brees Hall. Okay. Mm-hmm. My number two was Bijan Robinson. 
My three was Kenneth Walker. My four was Miles Sanders. And my fifth was James Conner. <laughs> a little disrespectful to James. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Come on. Ah, James Conner, disrespected here? He was pretty good yesterday. He's been quietly like I don't know, man. I couldn't I couldn't have put him first or second. I was stuck yeah. in a position where I think it was second or fifth. Oh, you had like bottom yeah, or top. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Jordan. I, like I had Bijan number one. Good pick. Walker number two. Hall number three. Sanders number four and Connor number five. Connor getting disrespected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sanders should be five. I got uh, yeah. So I did Brees Hall number one, Sanders two, Connor three, Walker four, Robinson five. Robinson. Oh, well, I didn't want to be in a situation where I was at Justin Fields with the last game, <laughs> yeah. and then I had to put him at number one. I'm just I, I've ruined Nick with this game. I like yeah. He was waiting for like Patrick Mahomes at the end of the quarterback <laughs> round, and he's like, all right, he's gonna screw me over again. It's probably gonna be like whatever Funk, whoever's starting for the Colts right now. What's who's Tyler <laughs> Funk? Something Tyler like that? Funker or something? It's like Funk, I think. Funk. I don't. Yeah, I know it's Funk. Who got right. the W? Panel. Do we have a winner? Uh, whoever liked Miles Sanders. Oh my gosh. I got I'm going to I'm gonna go against the unbiased Panthers fan over here. So Hunter, you say Cody? I think it is. We're taking W's. What? I'm sorry guys. Taking dubs here. Yeah. Cody's got two wins. You picked against Bijan. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm a I got him second. I got Brees Hall. He has Brees Hall at one. He has or he has Bijan at one. Yeah, but you gotta take the whole list. Let's hear the two Nick, I'm sorry, I think you're out. Let's hear yours again. Okay, let's hear it. You want me? I got Bijan, Walker, Hall, Sanders, Connor. I got I got Hall, Bijan, Walker, Sanders, Connor. I just I don't think Kenneth Walker is above. I think we're underrating Brees. We're gonna go Cody. Go. Right, we're going with the panel. Let's we're going go. with Cody. Real quick, we got that we I got like two right minutes. There. We can get all three done. Okay. All right. Wide receivers. First wide receiver, Calvin Ridley. <laughs> great week one. Not so great week two. As for the Jaguars in general, they had a pretty bad week, too. Mm-hmm. Second wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. The bane of Justin Herbert and the Oregon Ducks. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. just want to say balled out against. I'm so mad. In and, and week one. I've drafted that guy in fantasy for like three straight seasons because <laughs> I was just like, oh, he's my favorite wide receiver in the league. And then this year, I'm like, I've drafted every year. He's usually like a wide receiver two at best. I'm yeah. just going to skip him. And then he's... Outplaying Debo Samuel through two weeks. Uh, bad third wide receiver, Puka Nakua. <laughs> <laughs> Triple crown coming for Puka. And projection coming up. This is for projection. <laughs> yeah, he's not Uh-oh. sure. I've like completely just traumatized Nick with these <laughs> because he's like not sure to wait for a great last one or a terrible yeah. last one. Yeah. <laughs> but number four, Michael Evans. Mike oh. Evans of Tampa Bay. Okay. You gotta give me someone oh, bad. Again, good? You gotta give me someone bad. I need a fifth. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Chris Aluve as the fifth wide receiver. Oh, man. I think Cody's putting him up. Yeah. I also messed up. Oh, not feeling great about this round, guys. I think I might have gotten. I mean, uh, mine isn't perfect by any means, but I'm hearing some groans otherwise. Groans, I'm okay yeah. with mine. Yeah. All right. If no one else is feeling great, you might have a chance. Have All right, chance. panel, listen up. All right, number one, I got Mike Evans. Just saying, good thousand yard receiver. You got him in there. That's good. Number two, I got Calvin Ridley. Three, I got Brandon Ayuk. Four, I got Puka Nakua. And then fifth, I got Chris Olave. Okay. Or five, I got. Yeah. <laughs> I have uh, Nakua number one. Yeah! <laughs> Puka! Yeah. Um, Ayuk number two, Ridley three, Evans fourth, Aluve fifth. Oh my god. I might have messed up there. Oh uh, man, I, I project. You just had a rough draft. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I don't know. This might be the best one. I don't know if it's saying a lot, but yeah. maybe. Maybe. I got Mike Evans number one. I'm projecting Puka at number two. Calvin Ridley three, Ayuk four, Aluve five. The Alave, well, you two over Calvin Ridley and Brandon. Both of you putting Alave bottom is tough, but yeah. outside of that, I like both of your lists. I would have put Evans number two if I could switch. <laughs> All right. I love Evans. Pakua, Puka Nakua first. <laughs> Nakua, All right, yeah. panel. You can converse. What's yours, King County? Huh? What's yours again? Oh. Uh, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, Brandon Ayuk, Puka Nakua, Chris Alave. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a very all right. Do we? 
Are you going Cody again? The bear sweep? Let's go. The sweep. We'll have to investigate, see if Cody. The sweep right here. I think there might have been some tampering with Cody in the panel. What do you mean? I don't feel like you can disagree with my list. We wrote it in pen. I'm not going to lie. No, Ryan was watching the whole time. Check the cams. I will say, I'm just being impartial. Cody didn't have the best list. I will say, Cody has experience with this. You guys, it's your first time doing the draft of not knowing who's next. Cody's been not only participating, but he's designed a few of these on the morning app. So. Oh, okay. Cody's got a little bit of yeah. That, he's home cooking a little that, bit. That helps right a little now. bit. But, <laughs> but I'm glad we had the panelists here. But uh, that'll do it for another episode of Sports Wrap. Before we go, we have shout outs. So Cody, want to get started? Yes. Shout out everybody listening, and shout out my girlfriend's dad, Brian. If you're listening, you're the man. He's got YouTube TV and Sunday Ticket, and he added Brittany to the family plan. So for the rest of the year, I got Sunday Ticket. You right there. Well, I already did a shout out to my good friend Kate Munson in Tuscaloosa. I know you're 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 not doing too hot with that Bama team over there, but you guys will get it. Probably not. She texted me after that Texas. Um, also, shout out to Ella and Charlie McElroy at Carmel, Carmel, Indiana. Represent. Anyway, shout out Carmel. I'm just going to shout out all of the, my family friends that are listening on to Sports Rap right here. And I'm just going to go ahead and just shout out an entire defense. Shout out the Steelers defense for outscoring the entire Steelers offense in the win over the Browns. Shout out to my grandma who's always listening. Shout out to my friends and family. Shout out to the Bengals fan who uh, just had the perfect, most textbook, textbook headbutt I've ever seen. Uh, right to the temple, knock that other Bengals fan out, no question. You don't even need need arms. You just need to have the dog in you and a hard dome, and you can you can knock anyone out. Shout out to you. You're a soldier. That'll do it for another episode of Sports Wrap here on 90.5 WASU, sponsored by Eggers, 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 and Eggers. Attorneys at Law. I'm your host, Lucas Warren, joined by Cody Bear, Jordan Luker, and Nick Goodman. I'll now send you to your regularly scheduled music.